Are you ready for change? Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. You're listening to the Mr. Change Agent Podcast with your host, Ron Ovid. He's minister, pastoral counselor, teacher, recovery coach, and author, creator of Emotional Relearning. Today, we have an interesting podcast. There's some facts here that we want to share that I, I haven't been privy to in the past, and it's startling. Between 1959 and 2016, life expectancy in the U.S. rose from 69.9 years of age to almost 80. Most people know that. I knew that, and uh, I would expect it's still going up. But here's the thing. Did you know that since then, it's reversed course? A new study published in the Journal of American Medical Association paints a portrait of a society in deep trouble. For the third year in a row, the average life expectancy in the U.S. has declined. The last time that happened, it was like World War I or the Spanish flu or some kind of pandemic would kill many Americans. What's interesting is today the U.S. spends far larger share of its GDP on health care than any other nation. Mm-hmm. And yet... Other wealthy nations are simply not experiencing this same reversal in life expectancy. Ron, this is curious, and it's, it's, I don't get it because medically it should just keep on the rise. We are getting better and better things all the time. We're curing more. So if it's going up all the way through 2016, you'd expect it to keep going. Is it, what's going on? I don't think it's medical. What's, what's the problem? Well, I think what we're we're seeing is that there's a real epidemic of uh, suicide, uh, drug overdoses, uh, murders. You know, a lot of younger people are checking out. Uh, there was a recent article in Washington Post that talked about a dramatic shift, and it, it, it quoted that suicide, drug overdoses, liver disease, dozens of other causes. And there was some research done by Ann Case and Agnes Deaton and they've called this deaths from despair. You know, when you look at suicide, drug overdoses, liver disease, death from despair. In other words, we're facing an epidemic of young people who are giving up on life, sometime really before it even starts. As, you know, a public health expert in the Washington Post said this, people are feeling worse about themselves and their future, and that's leading them to do things that are self-destructive and not promoting health. They're giving up at a much younger age, and it's a real, it's a real epidemic. That same hopelessness leads then to these deaths of despair, and it's driving acts of desperation. And so mass violence, abuse, the increasing number of young people willing to self-mutilate, all that is part of this culture that's giving up and living in this despair. Okay, so this is a fairly new phenomenon. It started maybe, what, four years ago, three, four years ago. So what can we do about this? I mean, so medically, we're on the rise. We're, we're staying older for longer, 
But yet at the bottom of this, it sounds like people are checking out early. Yeah, I think here again, that's why we do programs like this, right? I think we're finding that a lot of people are starting to talk about it now. You can't find a, a family probably out there that doesn't know someone that committed suicide. I did a funeral the other day. The sister of the person that died, she does, she died at 68, which, you know, is young, really. She died at 68. Her sister was there telling me how she has four children, but two of them, the two younger ones, were both shot and killed, you know, by drive-bys and that. And I, I mean, it's just, it's just violence is out there. And violence is another thing. I mean, we're seeing it in the movies, the video games, all kinds of things. So what can we do? Well, I believe that we need to look at and take a serious look at adverse childhood experiences. There's a big study out there called ACE, and it's, you know, people are talking about it. They're going to schools. They're starting to work with children. They're identifying children that have come from abusive backgrounds. Uh, you'll be surprised how many people have had trauma in their life. Our whole program uh, is based on childhood trauma, so we work with people in childhood trauma. There's hope today, but for people that don't get help, they're living there in despair out of this childhood trauma. So we need to, first of all, identify people that maybe have come from adverse childhood experiences where we can go ahead and start counseling and helping them. Yeah, I understand the courts are getting involved with that, with juvenile defenders. They're trying to finally set aside time and consider ACE. I, I've mm-hmm. heard a big program from a judge that's involved in that. Right, yeah. So so identification is good. We're starting to do some help uh, with that. Programs like what we do, our uh, emotional resilience is, is great for that. I think what we also see is this lack of faith. We see that we've seen that there's been a real decrease in uh, young people, younger people going to church or staying with church. And of course, people have a freedom. You know, you can't do a podcast like this without telling people, obviously, they have a freedom of choice to choose what they want. But it's interesting because I was reading an article the other day and it, I, th- I believe it was in the Psychology Today where a psychologist was talking about when you talk to your young people about death, don't tell them that they're going to die and be buried and turn to dust. Tell them that there's a hereafter. Even if you don't believe it, lie to them. <laughs> and I was ready to respond and say, we don't have to lie about that. But the fact is, th- there's something with young people growing up, up without this faith. There used to be a direct correlation between uh, young people that were raised in the church or, or those that weren't in depression. We found less depression, less anxiety, because faith is important. Now, you get older, you maybe f- tune it up, you decide more things, but we need to try to help people know that there's something greater than ourselves. And uh, another thing is, of course, the addictions. Addictions out there is, is just rampant. And so you have people self-medicating, and we need, we need better programs for young people. Uh, I find it really hard, having worked in addictions, that it is so hard, anyone under 24, <laughs> to work with. Uh, they don't think they're going to die. <laughs> I mean, why do we send people to war when they're 18, right? I mean, there's something about that age. But nevertheless, we have to get programs that work with young people and still faith and still purpose and meaning. There's a great correlation to the first century Rome that I'm thinking of, Ron, that 
you reminded me of this. Uh, Seneca was uh, about the same age as Paul and Jesus. Uh, he was a contemporary. There's a Roman philosopher and and uh, wrote a lot of books, and he was like a historian. And he talked a lot about the despair of the plebs uh, within the Roman culture. And he said that they have no hope of an afterlife. They need someone to bend over and pick them up and help them out. He talked about their despair because there was no afterlife. He talks about these things at the same time that Jesus is going around saying, there is an eternal life, and uh, I go to prepare a place for you. Mm -hmm. And so in our generation, we grow up hearing the songs and all the people from the South are singing old hymns about heaven. Every time someone dies, they're in a better place. And now, in these last probably decade, like you said, with people just checking out of church, less of that penetration throughout our society, you have kids running around believing all this despair, that mm -hmm. the world's going to end and that we're going to end with it and there's nothing more. Right. That is rather desperate. It's exactly, and you tie into that then all these negative self-beliefs. You know, there's repercussions from uh, childhood trauma, and that is you start believing lies about yourself, that, you know, I'm no good, I'm, I'm not worthy, and, and yet at the same time we put so much pressure on young people to be the best they can, right? I mean, no one can be the best they can at everything. You know, we put all this pressure on young people. And so at the same time, they're not sure about themselves. We give them things where they're going to be graded, you might say, which will only prove that maybe they're not worthy. I mean, it's just a lot of stress and anxiety. And then no wonder, you know, you got the self-medication with the addictions, right? They get prescription drugs from home and they start taking it and it just spirals. Something to make them feel good temporarily. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. The, the old saying is we medicate to regulate our emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And there's different reasons. I mean, the average person anymore is younger and younger when they first try it. And a lot of times what happens is you get a dysregulation going on in the brain when you have the adverse childhood experiences. And so what I hear in the counseling all the time is, well, I took, you know, took my first drink when I was 10 years old, and for the first time I felt normal, you know. <laughs> and, and people, I've heard that over and over again where there's this like, ah, you know, or I, I wasn't able to talk to people. I was really shy, and then I took, you know, alcohol, and I was, I was able to talk to people. So this kind of sense of normalcy because the fact is that drugs affect the neurotransmitters in the brain. I mean, alcohol, you know, there's five major neurotransmitters that really have to do with our brain and our behavior and that. Alcohol affects all five. Nicotine affects three. I mean, most of your drugs that psychiatrists could give affect one, maybe, you know, Wellbutrin, maybe three, you know, but alcohol just, you know, so, but, but there's all kinds of problems with that. There's sure. a rebound effect and everything else. So what, what are some of the answers, Ron? Well, I believe that faith, you know, certainly we talked about that. I think there's faith to, to find out. You know, even in AA, they say that we've come to the end of ourselves. you know, that we need someone, a power greater than ourselves, you know, a God uh, of our understanding. And, uh, and I often tell people, you know, find a God of your choice. And yet we find in Christianity there's a God that chooses you. I think I'd start there. <laughs> mm -hmm. A God that really cares, a God that does love me. And so faith, I think here again, emotionally relearning the truth about ourselves. 
you know, it's one thing to feel that you're no good. You can go in front of a mirror and say, you know, I'm not broken, I'm not broken, I'm not broken. That might get you a little bit, but somewhere you believe that emotionally. And, and not until you find the truth out and believe it emotionally again do you uh, find out there's uh, help and hope. So I think finding faith and uh, getting some help. Uh, there's good books that you can give that talk about purpose and that. Uh, one author that young people seem to be gravitating toward is Jordan Peterson. He has his 12 Rules for Life. He has a lot on YouTube. I'd recommend to a lot, especially young men. He really seems to draw their attention, and he's really got his head. He's the guy from Canada. The right, professor. Toronto, yeah. right. Yeah, he used really to teach sure. at Harvard, but mm-hmm. now at, at Toronto there, and a uh, tremendous, tremendous guy. Uh, there's, you know, an old classic is Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren is a good one. Uh, there's a young man that's going around now that's really captivating a lot of young people. I was a, a football player, but he's just a great motivational speaker, Trent Shelton. And uh, he is the greatest you. And I would recommend that to people listening here, the greatest you. Uh, there's hope today. And then uh, Rachel Hollis is another. She was on the top of Amazon, of all the books on Amazon, for a long time, a bestseller. And she has Girl, Wash Your Face. you know. And this, So there's some good books that give hope and give some things that they can do. And, and so I recommend that they do that. And then the last thing is, is get some help. There's nothing wrong with going and finding a counselor that you can talk about. You know, if you feel despair, if you feel like life has no meaning, if you feel suicidal, get some help. Get some help. Go to a hospital if you have to. People are aware of this now. People want to help. People want to help you. So I encourage anyone that's feeling that. Now, if you just want to know how to get more resilient, then, you know, we have programs. You can go to our website and that. We have programs, a lot of different videos. And starting in January, we'll have our Emotional Resilient class, so they can take that. But I hope this helps, and, and I'm looking forward to us reversing this trend. And I, it has the media's attention now, and I'm trusting that we'll be able to see it reverse. Very good, Ron, and very challenging. Thank you for all that important information. You've been listening to the Mr. Change Agent podcast with Ron Ovid, a minister, pastoral counselor, teacher, recovery coach, and an author, creator of Emotional Relearning. And you can find, like he said, you can find a lot of their information on empowerforliving.com. You can go to the uh, portion called Resources. That's empowerforliving.com forward slash resources. Or you can find them on YouTube, Mr. Che Jajit YouTube. So be sure to tell others about these podcasts. Tell others about the MrChangeAgent.com. You can go there and find much of the material that we've been talking about. Well, we don't have a MrAgent.com. Oh, you don't yet? Okay. Uh, so I'll cut all the way back, uh, Mr. Changing YouTube. Okay. So be sure you tell others about the YouTube page. Be sure to subscribe. Just go to YouTube, write in Ron Ovit. No, no, Mr. Joe. Go to YouTube and just type in Mr. Change Agent, and you'll see an icon and just go there, and there's plenty of resources for you to look at. So be sure to like it. Be sure to uh, subscribe and tell others about it. Again, you've been listening to the Mr. Change Agent podcast. You can find us here on Podbean and also on iTunes. So join us next time, and thank you.
So thank you. So thank you again for joining us on this, the Mr. Change Agent podcast. 